morning, everybody. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. So before I say a prayer uh, over our tithes and offerings this morning, a reminder that the boxes at the back, I have uh, something short to share with us today. Um, I know today we have a, a baby dedication. I was thinking about that as I, I came across this verse in uh, Proverbs 3, and I thought it would be appropriate to, to share with us today. This is Proverbs 3, 13, or 14, I mean. Um, For the wisdom of the Lord, the wisdom of the Lord and its proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and the gain that comes with the wisdom of the Lord is better than fine gold. For wisdom is greater and more precious than rubies. And all the things that you may ever desire in this life cannot compare with that great wisdom. Um, and I was thinking about that, thinking about the wisdom of the Lord and the things that um, we think about when we talk about uh, these blessed life moments. We think about tithing, right? Um, when we're tithing, what we're doing is we are, are giving to the Lord, right? And we're saying, Father, I, I trust you with, with what I'm giving away. Right? Because I know that when I give away to you, I am saying, I trust you, and I believe that you are going to give me the abundance that I need in my day, that I am not my own provider, you are my provider um, for that overabundance. And sometimes I think we think about that overabundance, what we want to give to the people that we're responsible to, right? We want to provide them with something, with um, maybe, it's, maybe it is like gold or riches, but something that the Lord wants to remind us of is that first and foremost, and what um, dedicating our children is all about, is that first and foremost, that overabundance comes in the form of wisdom. It comes in tithing, the tithing of ourselves in, in a way, that it's not just giving away what we've earned, but it's giving away of ourselves, right? We put that first foot, that best foot forward in him. Um, we seek him first, and that is the best gift that we can give to those who we're responsible for. And that's not just for Jill's family, right? That's for all of us. I believe today Steve will be um, uh, challenging all of us, right, to be watching over, and not just Jill's family, right, but all of the children in our midst and the children of the world, right? The, the world is, in a sense, uh, a child in comparison to the, the knowledge that we have of who our God is. And that's something that we can go and walk in, right? We can show them why it is worth it to serve our God. So, Father, we thank you today that you are going to give us wisdom. I know at the end of Proverbs 3 you say that, um, that you give grace to the humble and that the wise, it is the wise who inherit glory, but it is shame who, that is the legacy of fools. So we ask that our legacy will not be shame and that we won't feel shame that if what it is that we have given to those who are around us, what it is we have given to our children is your wisdom. We have nothing to be ashamed of. In your name, Jesus. Amen. God. Jill and Krista and family, if you'd like to come up this way and anyone that you'd like to have with you. Maybe we could get a little more light here for just a, a moment, too. For <clears throat> Praise God, from whom all blessings flow.
This is Emile Peniel, right? Emile, Emile Peniel, and then it's Mbo Enoa. And uh, today we're dedicating him, his parents are dedicating him, and we have grandparents here, and we have the congregation here. And <clears throat> Emile is a one of a kind. He's someone that God knew of from the foundation of the world. From the very beginning, he knew that Emil would be here in 2019. He knew that. And he has a plan for Emil. And it's a plan for good. And it's a plan of peace. It's a plan of good peace. Jeremiah 29.11 tells us that, that, that God has that for us. And as parents, but then grandparents, and then church family, we are all those that will be examples for a meal in his life as he grows up. And uh, so this is quite a privilege that God has given us. And today I have a question for you, Jill, and Krista. And that is, and I know the answer to this before I ask it, but it's just the thing that publicly we're doing it because you want to, right? To publicly dedicate a meal. And so, will you raise him up in the Lord, always living your lives before him as unto God, being those examples that God calls you to be, asks you to be, always praying for him and teaching him, guiding him in the truth of the word of God. What do you say? Yes, we will, with God's help. <laughs> Once more. Yes, we will, with God's help. And then I have a question for the rest of us, too, and that is somewhat pretty much similar to what we were just asking, but as church family and maybe some others here this morning, loved ones, Will we do the same? Will we live our lives in such a way that we'll be examples for Emil and his brother and sister and all the other children, as Peter was mentioning, as they grow up? And uh, pray for them. Uh, pray for the parents. What is our answer? Yes, we will. With God's help. And today we're going to anoint the meal with oil, which represents the Holy Spirit. I'll give you the mic. Oh, sure. Papa is going to uh, pray over a meal and has a testimony too. This is oil 
which represents the Holy Spirit. And as you dedicate a meal today, we, we join our faith with yours that that day will come when he will personally receive Jesus as his Savior and Lord. Amen. Okay, Jill. Hallelujah. There is one of a kind in, in this world. I, see, I say people can be cloned, but my wife is just unique. She, she's uh, an amazing lady. We've been married for seven years. We've never had a fight. <laughs> we do disagree. Uh, I step on her toes. She, she doesn't step on mine. But we've really never had a fight. And she's a blessing. After three times seeing her through this, I know I'm even more blessed to be a man. <laughs> I don't think I had enough strength to do the amazing job that she does. And I thank God for her. When I was still in college uh, here at Bemidji State, God asked me to stand and pray for marriage, family, and children. And as soon as I accepted that and I started doing it, I had a visit of, uh, it wasn't a friendly visit of the principality of this area. He just showed up in my room and just trying to remove all ounce of life that I had in me. And by the grace of God, I was able to stand and fight back. And after a time, he looked at me and he pointed to me and said, since I cannot get you, I'm going to get that one. And when I looked on, it was my little sister, she was still a baby. She's the closest person that has ever been, I mean, before I met my wife to me. And what that meant is that if I cannot get you as individual, I'll come after your kids. I'll come after your family. The battle is real for our children. I mean, it's real. And we have to pray for them. I pray for my children every day. I cannot sit without praying for them because they belong to God. So thank you, thank you again for my wife and the wonderful kids. Isn't she beautiful? Can you please clap for my wife? <laughs> she did a great job. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for Amiel. I thank you for Amiel Peniel. My nation sees my face. He is going to grow up to see your face, my Lord, because he's a blessing that comes from you. I release that glory in his life, in his spirit, in his soul, in his body. I release your glory in his eyes, O oh God, in his heart, in his mind. Everything he does, O oh God, it is to see you, to glorify you, to come after you. When he sleeps, same as his brother and sister, O oh God, he sleeps in your presence. No nightmare because he has fellowship with you and your spirit. No nightmare, O oh God, because he sees your angels and your angels watch upon him. No sickness, O oh God, because your grace and your power is on him. Because he is light and that light shines brighter than darkness around him. I give you glory for him, O oh Lord. In your hands I place him. We place him in your hands, O oh Lord. 
where no darkness will touch him, but where your glory, your grace, and your life will always be upon him. Thank you for his life in Jesus' name. Father, I also thank you for all our children, even as they are in their classes, oh God. The children you have given us here at Ten Strike, in our families. Father, we cover them with your presence. We cover them with the blood of Jesus. Father, we rebuke every darkness around them in the name of Jesus. We say, let there be light in them and around them, in their eyes, in their minds. Father, their minds will not be invaded by darkness, but by your holiness, by your purity, by your sanctification in the name of Jesus. I give you glory for all our children, O oh God. Let life be upon them. Let peace be upon them. They will not fear at night. They will not fear during the day. But they will always walk, seeing your face, hearing your voice. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I have a few announcements here before we get to the word this morning. Um, Of course, our classes that we remember at 9.30 in the morning, we encourage you to be an active part of these. Um, And then today we do have a meal that will be prepared by Adana Maria. It's chicken tostados, tostadas. Kids meal too, and um, just for Wednesdays, remember we have a quilting group. We have lunch here at noon. There's a Bible study at one, and then prayer meeting in the evening. And we do have another baby dedication coming up on March the third. If you have a child that you would like to dedicate to the Lord, uh, we will be doing that then, March three. There's a True Bridge. Men's Retreat at the Hampton Inn here in Bemidji, uh, Friday and Saturday, March 29 and 30, and the speaker will be Pastor Doug Wing, the main speaker. There'll be a few others as well, but I really encourage the men to uh, strongly consider that, to, to, to go to this, because it's, uh, it's going to be good, I know, and it's convenient for us because it's so close here. And brochures are available for that on the Welcome Center desk out in our foyer. And then on March 31st, there will be a fish fry here. And uh, if you have some fish that you'd like to share, you can just bring them to the church and put them in the church freezer, have them labeled as fish for that. Or, and, and or you could talk to Danny Fisher or Paul Hoffland about that. So, thank you, Lord, reigning in life, even in the midst of the challenges like we were hearing from those that spoke before. There are challenges in life, but can we reign in the midst of them? 
The answer is yes. We can reign as kings in this life by receiving as our very own the authority which Jesus has imparted to us. And Lord, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your revelation of this word today. And may our eyes, the eyes of our spirit, be open to see what you would have us learn and affirmed in our lives. So I'm going to be, there's going to be a lot of material here I'm going to share in a short space, but this will also be on Facebook so you can get it there. But our scripture for today is Romans 5:17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. And it's so important for us to grasp the truth that we're able to reign and live in victorious life only through God's grace and his gift of righteousness was come to us through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ we triumph. Hallelujah. And we reign over sin, we reign over the flesh, the world, the devil, and all of his schemes that would come against us and any demonic power. This triumphing and reigning life is not earned by us, nor is it accomplished because of our abilities. Rather, it is received by us from God, who now abides in us. That's right now. He abides in us. And the power and ability for us to reign in this life does not depend on our family background. It doesn't. It doesn't hinge on our educational qualifications. Reigning in life is not based on how we look. Living victoriously does not depend on how much money we have in our bank account. The power and ability to reign in this life is based entirely on Jesus and him alone. Let's say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Victorious living is based on his already completed redeeming work on the cross. Now these statements about how we can live victoriously, triumphantly, they're not based on words, some, some motivational seminar or something. They're not based on some book about positive thinking. When we proclaim that we will reign in this life, we are basing it on the truth which we have found recorded for us in the Word of God, the Bible. That's where it comes from. And so we can reign as kings. The word translated reign or triumph, which is used in Romans 5.17, it's a Greek word which means to reign in life as a king. And the word implies that we assert kingly rule in our lives, assert and proclaim, they flow together. Looking at that word assert from the dictionary, it means to state something in a strong and definite way, to demand that other people accept or respect something, to state or declare positively and often forcefully or aggressively 
to assert oneself, to speak or to act in a manner that compels recognition, especially of one's rights. And of course, it's our rights in Christ Jesus. And we as believers are to assert ourselves in regards to our enemy, Satan. Just think for a moment about how a king reigns. The word reign expresses the thought of possessing a kingly dominion in our life's circumstances. It's taking charge, you might say. Exactly what Kent and Chantel were just talking about. And let's look at our scripture text again, this time from the Amplified Bible. And the caps are mine, and, but not the brackets and parentheses. So it says, and let's read this together. Read it with me. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So that word receive, when we receive these things in Strong's Concordance, it means to take, to get a hold of. You might say, get a hold of joy. To seize that joy. It's already there, but it's seizing it for expression in our lives. Accepting, to attain it, to catch it, to have, hold, obtain, receive, and so forth. Receiving God's grace and righteousness in our lives, receiving them as our very own, and by them reigning as kings in life, receiving joy. For instance, we are called upon by God to live as royalty. And this means that we live as though we are people who have received the authority that Jesus has given us. We've received that authority. We are to reign in this life living as active participants in God's kingdom. Let's look at some more scriptures which witness to that, this truth. First Peter, but you are a chosen generation, a royal, say that word, royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, from darkness to light. So your royal priesthood, dictionary for royal, of or relating to king or queen, of kingly ancestry, a royal family. Another scripture, Revelation 1, 5, and 6. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who made us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has, say it with me, has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So kingly authority is what we've been given in Christ Jesus. Authority. 
Here's the Great Commission, Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, you go therefore, is understood. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. He's with us, and he's given us authority. Authority, that word is, Greek word is exousia, and it means ability, privilege, force, capacity, competency, freedom, mastery, magistrate, superhuman, potentate, token of control, delegated influence, and so forth. I mean, his authority he has given to us now to walk in. Those definitions of authority sound kingly, and they portray someone who is reigning in life. Now here's another scripture, Colossians 1, 12 and 13. The caps and brackets are both mine here. Giving thanks to the Father who has, has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In my Bible, Spirit-Filled Life Bible, and notes there, it says qualified in verse 12 means to make competent, sufficient, to entitle, to authorize, enable. The word kingdom in verse 13 denotes rulership, lordship, and authority. Jack Hayford, who many of you know, I'm sure, um, he's the one that wrote the song Majesty. Maybe you know that song. But anyway, he says this about those verses. The transference of the believer from under Satan's authority to Christ is described as movement into another kingdom. Ensuing verses describe Christ's redemption as bringing us to a place of completeness, that is, of spiritual adequacy, authority, or ability to live victoriously over and above the invisible powers of darkness. So we've been transferred. And here's something to remember. The bridge from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, is Jesus Christ and the cross. We know that Jesus accomplished his great redemptive work for us on the cross. He went to hell for us. He rose up from the death and the grave. He ascended to heaven. And he then was seated at the right hand of God the Father. Let's look at another scripture. Mark 16. The great commission from Mark here. This is Jesus. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach or proclaim the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, 
They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will not by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And then the heading in my Bible, it says, Christ ascends to God's right hand. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. That's the seat. He was enthroned, the kingly seat. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word. The Lord working with them. He's do, he does the same thing today. And confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So, Jesus was enthroned at the right hand of God. Now let's read a scripture from Ephesians, which talks about our being enthroned with Jesus. Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up. You have been raised up. We died with Christ and were raised up together and, read this with me, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Made us sit together in heavenly places. Made who? Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Jack Hayford again, in referring to these verses, he says three togethers in these verses note our union with Christ. One, in his resurrection. Two, in his ascension. And three, in his present rule at, the right, at God's right hand. From this place of partnership, he grants that we share in the present works of his kingdom power. Holy Spirit, we need your revelation on this. Hayford continues, Heavenly places does not refer to heaven in the sense of its being destined home of the redeemed, but rather the Greek word here refers to the invisible realm that surrounds our present day situation. Jill mentioned a glimpse he had into that. The arena or sphere of spiritual action and activity. Christ's authority, which encompasses every age and exceeds every known power, is here and now. And Christ himself and all who are in Christ are shown to be placed in authority above all evil powers. Lord said, let that sink in right now. Just let it sink. (laughs) That may be as far as we go today. Maybe, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do you have that clip ready? Okay. We've got a video clip. I think we're going to show that. If somebody could get the lights again. 
And this is uh, this was from a program of 700 Club, but just a clip of some people that were in a situation where they took authority in the name of Jesus in a situation and the angels were there. And you'll see what I mean here in just a moment as we watch. So Lord, we thank you. We just receive right now. We know now is the time. And we receive today that next level or the next place of walking in that abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness which you have given unto us that we may reign as kings in this life. Yes, taking that authority, appropriating it, making it our own, walking in it, making the decision to walk in love, to walk in joy, to walk in peace, because we know it has already been bestowed upon us. It's here. And so we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I just discovered this. This wasn't down here the whole time, was it? There. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So if you would like prayer, if you would like to have someone pray for you, we'll have ministers up here to pray or find someone out wherever and pray together. Just receive. Let's walk as kings in this life and the authority that Jesus has given to us. Amen? Praise God. And remember the chicken tostadas that are there in fellowship.